one of the things that I think is, is, is big that leaders can do is how they engage with their people in goal setting in the first place. Goal setting is important, but the process you engage in is even more. And so sometimes we, we, we set goals to set direction, but the process we embrace has more to do with what I'm talking about, being at our best. Unleashing your best in life and work. This is The Game Changers with Eric Bowles and host Dale Dixon. Defining the win as we unleash your best in life and work. Welcome to The Game Changers podcast. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Eric Bowles. Eric, great to see you. Great to see you, my friend. So um, we had the great pleasure of actually being together in person. We're in different states, and we always have these conversations via video, and uh, you were in my hometown, and so we met up and spent some time, and you let me sit in on a presentation, and I thought, you know what? One of the points you made in that in that presentation would be great for a podcast episode, and, and I'll let you unpack this idea of defining the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us. So, uh, yeah, take us through about the goal is playing our best because that's the way you introduced the topic as, as you were speaking. The goal is about playing our best. Yeah. The way that I talk about defining the win, because, you know, um, sometimes we can win on the scoreboard yet not necessarily be winning either the game or the game of life or whatever you want to describe it. So there's a difference between being the best and being at your best. Being at your best doesn't really have a limit to it. It allows what I like to say a continuous growth and improvement where being the best simply might be more about who you're competing against right, than it is about how good you really are. So if I'm competing against someone who's not that good, of course, I'm the best. Um, but if my goal is to compete or the goal is to be at my best, now that's a whole different standard because being at my best, uh, that's a different challenge. <laughs> and we're talking about such a, such a slight change in words, uh, but the, the meaning is drastically different. It is a game changer. I've watched individuals' performance improve to levels unseen. I mean, like they've never tapped into before. And their, and their progress continues up because the, the, the goal shifted. It, you know, think about how, how that we use words like, ah, you need to be the best versus being at your best. Because being at your best isn't dictated by who you're playing against or what's happening around you. So there's a time, there's a, a chance, me being at my best, there's a time when those who I'm competing with and competing against are better than me, right? But when my goal is to be at my best, it's not that uh, uh, I'm, I'm not competing, but I always like to say the comparison game, it, it, it has more negative impact than positive impact for most people because they start looking around to compare how they're doing. And people are like, well, how do you get better unless you're competing against people better than you? I said, yeah, that's true. But the reality is rarely do we reach or fulfill our potential by simply using what's around us. Because what's around us, again, might not be that good. But if my goal is to be at my best, every time I discover a little more potential, I know there's still more to do or more I can accomplish. So it continue, it, it creates what I like to say, a, a flow of continuous improvement. Momentum is maintained because we're being at our best. Think about 
what it's like to be a coach or a leader of an organization. And you're like, man, we just had our best year ever, which is true on the scoreboard. But your best year ever may look very different when you chose to be at your best for the year, right? And now let's see what those results look like. Because typically, if we're having, if we're winning on the scoreboard, there's a tendency to let off a little bit. Instead of having a coach who doesn't coach to the store, but they coach to potential. I shared the story before uh, uh, when I speak where, you know, a head coach, a great coach like Bill Belichick can win the Super Bowl and turn around and say, I'm happy we won the Super Bowl, but I'm not really happy with the way we played. We won the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't say we we played at our best. Think about how powerful that is. Yes, I got the ring. Yes, we got the rewards for winning, but our real fulfillment comes with playing at our very best. So, there's a chance you actually are far more successful ending up in second place or third place or fourth place because to get there, it required all of you. We like to call that you had a total release performance where it took everything in you to be able to perform at that level. And when you're playing to be at your best, guess what also leaves the building or leaves the environment? Fear of failure, fear of rejection. All of a sudden, man, I, I am so lost in the competition and bringing my best self to the table that I'm free to just compete or work or or perform at my highest level without sitting back wondering who am I competing against. Like, I, I being at my best, you know, I, I don't need to be the best husband in the world. I need to be the best husband Eric can be, but at my best. That might not be the same dynamic as someone else. One is the variables are different. You know what I'm saying? And also what my wife likes, it may be very different, right? But when you go through this process, there's a freedom that happens, uh, Dale, that helps remove that fear of failure, that fear of, you know, uh, uh, low performance, the fear of what people are going to think of me. Man, I am free. I'm. My goal is to, like, what can I, how can I exceed what I did before in terms of my effort, my commitment, those things I have control over? The scoreboard is, you remember, scoreboard is a lagging indicator, not a leading indicator. So let's unpack this, I think, from two perspectives, external and internal, because I I believe, and we can talk through this and you can disagree, that we it's almost a culture fight. And I like to tell a story of a of an actor, and I heard the actor define winning as the number of women in the house and cars mm-hmm. in the garage, which is, I believe, a really sick, twisted approach to defining a win, especially when you look at it as bringing my best out every day. Uh, so from an external standpoint, if we have culture working to define win as material, um what what's the impact and what does that fight look like as we as leaders we're approaching this inside of our organizations yeah. and yeah. we're setting the tone we're setting the temperature inside the organization despite what's happening in the culture so talk about it first from that external standpoint what you've seen related to that and and how we push the right approach to defining what playing looks like not necessarily mm-hmm. defining the win yeah, I, I love that. So, Dale, one of the one of the things that um, was a a real challenge for me is 
is in, when you caught up in the athletics like I was or in sports, especially when you get into professional uh, sports, you know, you don't hear a lot of things. Even people talk about character and all that stuff. That's great. And, and, and it's I know the words are saying that. But but the what we can see and the actions speak a lot louder. So when I first got to NFL, really the definition of success in that world, in my opinion, was how I viewed it. It was winning in the billfold, the ball field, and the bedroom. You did those three things well, you were winning, right? Until those three things happened and you realized you weren't winning, okay? And so however that was defined as winning, you start realizing that is not really winning. Like I heard a speaker say, there's a difference between being successful and being fulfilled, Right. And, and and fulfilled is what you want, because the, the, all the other stuff gets it, it, it changes based on the times. Oh, you know, and because and you won't be playing a long time, that money can be gone. Uh, it, hey, when the ball field left, a lot of the women left, too, or whatever you would describe the bedroom as all those different things uh, shifted. But here's the one thing that I discovered. When the goal becomes being at your best and unleashing your best in terms of life and work, unleashing your best in terms of potential, it incorporates the variables by which you have to do that inside of. There are so many factors that you don't have control over. So sometimes defining a win, there there be one time where I define the win as, hey, man, we score 30 points a game. That's defining a win. Yeah, but you played in a particular game where the winds were blowing 45, 45 miles per hour sideways and it was raining and, and the field was slip, slippery. Guess what? You guys scored 16 points. Well, there's a chance we played better in that game where we scored 16 points than we ever did in, score, in the games that we scored 40 and 50 because the variables, the circumstances we had to perform in required more out of us than ever before. This is where it needs to change as leaders within their organization. I've seen companies right now who, and it's not lowering the bar, it's just giving a better understanding. One particular leader I coach, how he defines success via EBITDA or success returns top top line sales was very different in the last two years during the pandemic or during some circumstances than it was prior to that because everything changed. You know, how they could sell and how they had to. So he really valued the win because of how flexible and resilient and creative the people had to be. Well, coming to the other end, he's going into this year going, here's our goals. But what I'm more locked on to is what allows us to be at our best. How do we be at our best more often? And he goes, I want that resiliency and that adaptability and that I don't want to lose that momentum. So it was very similar to hearing a, a Belichick statement or, hey, we hit this number. But what I'm most proud of is how we played. That's why he's like, hey, the, I know the scoreboard's a lagging indicator. So I'm going to place my focus on what environment do I need to create as a leader that allows my people to be at their best. That is a different goal versus here's the number we want to hit, let's hit it. I'm not saying we don't think about the number we want to hit. I don't think, but I am saying be careful setting that number and and, and then thinking that's the end all be all because there's a chance the number you set is even beneath what could possibly be. 
And so really the goal is to be at our best. So if we make the habits of being at our best in place, when we start getting close to the goal, we're like, hey, we're going to go. We can let up. No, we love playing the game the right way. Right. Like our motivation is more of an in, intrinsic motivation versus an extrinsic motivation. It's a, it, it is an attitude motivation versus just an incentive motivation. Right. In, incentive motivations in order to work, they typically have to keep getting bigger. Right. But but uh, intrinsic motivation, like I, my goal is to be at my very best. Some of the joy is just the discovery of what's possible. And now you start playing with a different level of freedom. I was hearing this the other night, a side note, I was listening to a couple basketball players who, you know, play in the NBA. And one of my, I admire greatly, one is Steph Curry. And he said something the other night that I just loved. He goes, I don't, I don't have any more to prove, but there's a lot more I want to accomplish. And when they, and after he said that, he goes, and it's not that I know I have three championships, a couple MVPs, all those things, right? But the joy of playing at the highest level of competition and discovering what's possible, that's what's fun. Where most people look at that same game he's in and they're like, how can that kind of pressure be fun? What are people going to say about you if it goes in or doesn't go right? He's past that. He's like, no, man, this is this is what brings the joy out. Look at what we have to be able to accomplish. And I will tell you, that's the mindset of being at your best versus just trying to be the best. So let's take this to from that external side. Let's take it to the practical and the tactical. What are some of the things that a leader, top three things that a leader should be doing to initiate this culture, mindset, attitude inside the organization. I love it. I love it. One of the things that I think is, is, is big that leaders can do is how they engage with their people in goal setting in the first place. Like, like give goal setting. Goal setting is important, but the process you engage in is even more so. And so sometimes we, we, we set goals to set direction but the process we embrace has more to do with what I'm talking about, being at our best, right? So what does being at our best look like and engaging people in that process? So as a leader, I'm not just evaluating, hey, how to, how to you know, like I would say this way. I remember talking to a, a leader once and we, we, we decide, okay, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? And they identified it and we talked about why are we trying to accomplish it? But then after that, once we got into the how, the questions then began to, what amount of effort do we need to give to, to make this happen? How efficient do we want to utilize that effort in doing it? And then once we get to that point, then we define how effective we were at it. Well, our goal is to be at our best more of the time. We should become, in, in everything we do, we should become more and more efficient. We should be becoming more and more effective, not just in the number, but how we're getting to the number. And I, and I ask leaders all the time, and quantify that. Define the kind of qualities that you want, you know, in going to that journey. Man, we work together. We, you know, our, our commitment, joy was part of it. We had a lot of fun, all that. But then also quantify it, right? It took this many reps. It takes this many. We, if you're in sales, hey man, you know, look, I don't get there overnight. It takes this many more calls. And but inside of every one of those calls, this is how I talked. I followed the story. And so you get to the end and you start celebrating the fact that you embraced the practice of it. You embraced the process of it. And so this, this is what's happening in many organizations. We 
put so much emphasis on the result and instead of the joy of the journey and the joy of the process by which we can grow in significant ways. And so in practicality, we don't remove the goal. We just add greater emphasis on the process of getting to the goal. Because if we can put greater emphasis there, we're going to find efficiencies, we're going to find new ways, and in many cases, we start realizing that our goals are too small. You know, when we really start thinking about our goals are too small. So anytime I, 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 you know, I, admit, I shared this once before, but I remember working with one particular leader, I shared this before, who comes to me and is like, hey, Eric, you know, the real question is, you're a performance guy, and we're, you know, why should we you know, why should I work with you or why should we work with, you know, we, we you know, our, our business, our top line, our EBITDA, I mean, up 22% this year. We have this other, you know, he mentioned these other things and he goes, so my question is, why, why should we, we even work with you? And I just asked him a question. I said, I know it was 22%, but why wasn't it at 27 or 28? I, that's all I asked. Right? right? And he was like, yeah, I think I want to work with you. Right? <laughs> okay. Now, what's funny about that example or what's funny about that story, and I learned that from a performance consultant who had done work before, and 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 I, I never forget the reason is there's so much room for people to be at their best more of the time. Man, it's one of the most untapped resources we still have. We never evaluate how much waste we go about just trying to do a little bit better, how much small progress we make. We don't even realize how much it costs us that we're going in circles doing stuff that isn't vital, doing stuff. Now, we identify what's most important. We just don't do what's most important. So all these things I'm talking about being at our best doesn't translate to working harder. It just translates to, man, really carefully evaluating and seeing all the various places we can create so much gain. So let's let's move to the internal side of this. And uh, you know, I, it occurred to me that when I when I talk about playing at my best, the conversation in the mirror is completely different at the end of the day, and is m- much more enjoyable when I can look back. But at the same time, leaders lead themselves first, yep. and and so. We need to see the example set at the top, obviously, but no matter where we are at in the organization we serve, we have an opportunity to lead this way, to be playing at our best individually. And there's still all those internal things, complacency, um, lack of, you know, discipline, Uh, you know, you, you, you tick through the list that we're up against as human beings that we're all struggling with. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what does what does that look like from for leading myself, the internal side yeah. of yeah. playing at my best? It is. It begins. It begins with clarity around what you have control over, what you're responsible for. Uh, this is why there's certain why I like. This is why I love watching like the top golfers. Right, I love it, it and I love hearing them explain after a round. Like, you know, I never forget hearing either it was the great John Rom or maybe Tiger Woods at one point, even Jack Nicholas way back in the day where he would say, I didn't hit enough, enough putts didn't go in, but I hit good putts. And I used to go, but it didn't go in. Yeah, but I rolled the ball exactly where I wanted. I controlled every variable that I felt I had control over. And sometimes the ball just doesn't go in. But I felt I played well, even though the score might not have shown that. And then there's other rounds where they say, hey, I had a great round today, but I got a little lucky. I can't depend on that, right? I can depend on the controllables. 
Well, when I talk about a leader or individuals, how we do it with ourselves, always evaluate what area do I have control over? In this situation, where am I responsible? And this is where it gives us the freedom to be at our best more of the time. So uh, as my, uh, 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 I heard it years ago from Jack Canfield. Now, many of it have used it and used it in different cases, but here's the event. Event takes place. And, and so E plus R equals O. There's event plus res- my response equals the outcome. And when I realize I can be at my best in terms of my response, I can't always control the event. I can't always dictate the outcome. I can influence the outcome. I can't always control it, but I can influence it. But man, when I'm at my best in terms of how I respond to these things, it is a game changer. So I tell leaders all the time, it's like, hey, you are responsible to your people. You're not necessarily responsible for them. So no matter how much we would prefer to get credit for, oh, I just hurt for my people and they're not, I'm trying to remove every obstacle out of the world. You're not being at your best. You're at your best when you are responsible for what you can be responsible for, creating an environment for them, putting out a little trust, giving them around. But you got to then allow them to also be at their best, which they have to own their responsibility for stuff. The more that happens, and everything starts to rise. Right, trust level rises, people start trusting themselves more, but that conversation with ourselves where we got to be so on, what do I own in this? What do I have control of this? And have a very accurate understanding of what that is. We have a tendency to live on both sides. Either we don't believe we have any responsibility or we believe we have all of it, right? And it's better to understand what part you have and own that. Okay. Defining the win. And we've got things to work on leading our organizations and on ourselves. So thank you for that gift today, Eric Bowles. Thanks, it's, my friend. It's truly unleashing your best in life and work. That's the podcast. That's what we work to do each and every time we have these conversations. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you have, please pass it on. Grab a hold of that link. Share it with somebody that you know, you love, a friend, a coworker, family member. Uh, while you are there, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. We trust we've earned five stars from you. Uh, take a moment and write a quick review on it as well. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this book, this podcast. We're available on YouTube and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Also, you can find out more about Eric, what he does and brings to businesses. It's thegamechangersinc.com is the website, thegamechangersinc.com. Eric Bowles coaches, trains, and inspires leaders to unleash their potential and the potential of those around them. Have a fantastic week. The Game Changers, unleashing your best in life and work with Eric Bowles and Dale Dixon. Eric is an executive coach, leadership expert, change consultant, and keynote speaker. Read his book, Moving to Great, and find him at ericbowles.com. Connect with Dale at daledixonmedia.com.